Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website is unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we will recap an incredible NFL Sunday. It was awesome from start to finish. So many incredible games, interesting storylines, some more clarity about certain teams and players, and we'll discuss that all today. I always love to hear from you. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Last Monday, we did not do a podcast because we were out at the fifth annual Unpacking It golf tournament presented by Strategic Planning Corporation, and it was just a beautiful, wonderful day. And so I'm so thankful to report that the day was uh, just a huge success, every metric. So we had 116 golfers, the sun was shining, everybody had a, a fun time and, and just a great atmosphere here in Charlotte and, and just a, a celebration of what God is doing through Unpacking It Ministries. And, and so the podcast is, is a key part of that, but he just continues to move in the lives of sports fans and in my life and through the ministry, and it's just uh, it's just incredible. So each year we're able to to kind of celebrate, get as many people as we can together at the golf tournament. And so uh, we missed you if you weren't able to be there. Uh, but there is a way that you can support it still today, a week later, uh, and it's through our online auction. So we've got a, a an online auction, auctioning off a ton of sports memorabilia, some other cool items, and, and different prices. So go check it out. Go to unpackingit.com slash golf, and the bidding is open until the end of the week. And so you still have some time to get your bids in. Uh, there's, there's Packers stuff, Panthers stuff, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, uh, you name it. Uh, Eric Dickerson, former guest on the show. Uh, we've got a helmet, mini helmet signed by him. So, so some great stuff, and you'll be supporting the ministry, uh, which would be a huge help. So thank you in advance for going to bid, unpackingit.com slash golf. On the show today, uh, I do want to talk about the Seattle-Arizona game on Sunday night. I want to talk about Dallas losing again. I, I want to talk about how important defense is. And it's like, well, duh, but l- let's get into that a little bit. And the, the play of the day in the NFL was the DK Metcalf play. He is becoming one of my absolute favorite players. And he didn't actually have a very good day from a, a receiving standpoint, but the tackle that he made to, to, to not only you know, catch the defender, but to be able to uh, care enough to go do that. Not every receiver is willing to do that. And, and so to showcase his athleticism, to make a nice tackle, um, and then the speed, this guy is an absolute beast, and he's a reason that Seattle continues to be 
one of the best teams in the league. You lose in overtime, the game could go either way. I'm not taking too much away from Seattle, but, but I'm giving a ton of love to DK Metcalf for that tackle. It was awesome. Uh, but before we fully jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. It's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. The, the, the story of the day for me, and, and I did this a couple weeks ago as well, but it's Tom Brady. I was trying to analyze and examine and unpack my perspective on Brady. And, and specifically, my, my thoughts on him at this point in his career and, and going into the season. And if you've listened to this podcast over the weeks, I have been very hesitant to jump on the Bucks bandwagon. I just have questioned Bruce Arians as a head coach. I've thought to myself that there's no way that Brady's going to be as successful without Bill Belichick and at 43 years old. So that that was the narrative that I was buying. I'm like, ah, how much does he have left? It's a new system and new players and a new environment. He had everything so nicely buttoned up in in. New England, even though there were some maybe some tensions and issues behind the scenes, but but overall we know how successful they were in New England, and and so I, I just was like, eh, I don't know. I, we've seen these uh, super teams before. We've seen teams try to add old veteran players, and it's like eh, it just doesn't really work. Uh, it hasn't over the years. I think about the Rams. I think of the Eagles over the years. Just different times where they've added a bunch of free agents and all that sort of thing. But now. Through seven weeks, you have to be on the bandwagon. Back-to-back, very convincing wins. What they did against Green Bay was dumbfounding. Uh, I don't know why Green Bay played so bad, but we just have to give the credit to Tampa Bay. The defense is for real. Brady is playing lights out. They're getting guys healthier. Guys like Gronk are just getting better. And, And how silly for us to expect you know, Brady or Gronk to just come in right away and be clicking on all cylinders and, and you know, play unbelievable from day one. It just it wasn't realistic. And even though part of me was like, hey, let's just be patient with this team. I'm still they were winning games, but but I just wasn't sure if, if it was for real and how good they really were. But now to beat the Packers, and even though I'm not really high in the Raiders, but they beat the Raiders very convincingly, and it was just a strong win across the board for the Bucks, and and so they're here to stay. And if, if Brady can play at this level, and I saw a headline or somebody was talking about today, is Tom Brady the best quarterback in the league? Which, which is just so funny for us. And, and going back to my thought of, okay, how do we view Brady? And I just think it comes down to this idea of sports fans. We get tired of players, and we're not used to elite players playing this long and we don't know what to do with ourselves we don't know what to do with our fandom because it's similar with LeBron in the NBA because he continues to be the best and he's one of the older players in the league and we've never seen a 43 year old quarterback play at this level we've barely even seen this old of a quarterback I guess Vinny Testaverde I think Warren Moon you know maybe a couple guys here or there but but not a quarterback that is on a Super Bowl caliber team and playing at an MVP level, it is ridiculous. 
And and I just don't think we we can we don't have the words to describe it or we we don't understand what's really taking place with with Brady and the Bucks. And and it's just so bizarre to us to see Brady I'm speaking for myself but I think other fans would, would think this way as well you can tell me that I'm wrong but but I, but I think we feel this way because we were just so used to him and Belichick and to see him apart from it it's it's almost like we couldn't believe that it was possible for him to play this well without Belichick and then you know on on the other side the idea that Belichick is struggling is just insane um we just can't comprehend that but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment with fans we we like the new players. We like the rookies. We like the young, up-and-coming stars. And that's who we, uh, we hype, we're, we're drawn to. And then with you know, guys like Brady, they're at the end of their careers. We, just, we kind of overlook them a little bit, or we just become so numb to uh, what, what they're doing or what they've been able to do. But, but I just think we have to continue to pause and say, wait... He's 43, lighting it up week after week. And the Bucks are legit. The Tampa Bay Bucks, they've been struggling in, in recent years. I'm a Panthers fan, and, and Panthers play them twice a year, so I, I watch them regularly. And they haven't had this kind of hope and quality of talent and, and, and just across the board to have the, the leadership that Brady brings. And, and he's changed everything. I was listening, I think, Colin Cowherd today, but just the idea that Brady has changed even Arians and just kind of the culture in Tampa Bay and his his ability to do that says so much. And, and going into this year, I think there was a thought that, well, can Brady add to his legacy or take away from his legacy? He's absolutely adding to it. He absolutely is adding to it. And would, he have, would we have taken away from it? Eh, maybe not. Maybe not, but it doesn't matter because he's adding to it. And to do this with another franchise, and similar to LeBron, the fact that he did it in Miami and Cleveland and L.A., I, I add so much weight to that. And for Brady to do this in a, a completely different environment and atmosphere, and, and even he was telling Mark Schlereth, I was listening to him interviewed earlier too uh, with Colin Cowherd, that, that Brady isn't used to the heat. Like He, he always played in New England – and and when they're when the offense gets off the field, they're just hot and worn out. It's just different. You're not you're trying to get warm up when you're playing in New England. So even those those slight differences uh, change the the rhythm of the game or whatever. But he's adapted, and now with Gronk playing well and and getting to to become more like Gronk, this Bucks team is. They're, they're, they're right there. They really are. And their defense is legit, which I'll, I'll talk more about in a moment as well. And then, of course, the big story with Antonio Brown. Honestly, so, so here, here are my thoughts. I, I, I love second chances. And I, I need grace in my own life. And I need second, third, fifth chances in, you know, in my own life, life. And I want to give that to other people. And, and God, in his richness of love and grace, shows us that and, and forgives us and, and gives us other opportunities, and, and it's incredible. But when it comes to the NFL, I'm just tired of Antonio Brown getting multiple chances. It doesn't mean we have to write him off as a person, and, and I hope that he is growing and maturing and changing and that, that God can grab a hold of his heart and transform him um, and that, that that process takes place. I know God can. I, I pray that that would be the case. 
to me that the fact that he continues to get chances and, and same with Josh Gordon, I, I, it just wears me out. I'm tired of hearing about, well, they're suspended and when are they coming back and now they've been released and now they got to go to a new team. And it, it just like, I don't like to go get those players on fantasy, my fantasy teams. I don't get overly excited that Brown is going to come in and, and now make the Bucks even better. I don't know. I just the last we saw of him was just so bizarre and, and just very concerning. And with all the positive momentum that the Bucks have, I, I don't think it's worth the risk. I really don't. And I guess you bring him in and it, it, the first sign of shenanigans, you get rid of him again. But is it is it worth it? I don't know. At this point in his career, Scotty Miller had a nice big game. They got some of these other young wide receivers as well to go with Godwin and Mike Evans and Gronk and Cameron Brait's a nice, you know, number two tight end. You got Leonard Fournette. You got Ronald Jones. I mean, how many guys do you need? Now, now they're just getting greedy. Come on, Bucks. <laughs> but it might end up biting them in the in the rear. I don't know, or shoot them in the foot. But I, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't know why it's uh, the, the hype around Antonio Brown. It just, I wouldn't bother. But that, that's just me. I. There's so many great receivers. There are guys out there that will come in, play hard, and and not bring the drama with them. I, I would rather now. Are they as talented as Brown? Eh, maybe not. But at this point, he's been out for a while. Do we really know what level he's playing at? Can he get to that level again? A lot of question marks. Too many question marks for me. So the uh, the other, I guess, interesting game. I mean, there's so many interesting games from the day. Uh, I mean, it was just like back to back tight matchups. Uh, you know, Cleveland pulling it out. Now they lose OBJ. And I'm going to talk about the the Lions and Falcons uh, to, to end the show today. But the Arizona-Seattle game was fantastic to go into overtime. Sunday night football. I mean, what a treat. Every week. Woo, those games are awesome. They even flex that game. Russell Wilson is still playing out of his mind. Interceptions happen. It's part of the it's part of being a quarterback. Unless you're throwing three every week, to me it's not that concerning. And and give Arizona credit. The, the one Patrick Peterson interception, the, the toe touch, was ridiculous. That was just a great play on, on his part. Um, and and so you know, overtime it goes either way. But here's my big takeaway from that game. I'm all in on Kyler Murray. Uh, again, I, I was hesitant to crown him. <laughs> him and Tom Brady, I just wasn't I wasn't on the bandwagon to start the year. I, I get it. I, I get it now with Kyler. And and, and I, I was holding something against him. I think I talked about this on the podcast, but I saw an interview with him with Dan Patrick before he was drafted. And I just think that his personality and leadership and and demeanor would translate very well to the NFL. But listening to some of the, the comments during the game, and it seems like Murray has a great grip of the offense. He's working well with all of his receivers. Hopkins, now Christian Kirk is playing well. Fitzgerald's always out there. I, I love Fitzgerald. I mean, that guy's still, talking about Brady still getting it done. Fitzgerald still gets it done. I don't know why he doesn't get more opportunities, though. I would like to see him get more opportunities. Feed him the ball. Let's get the ball to Fitzgerald. But the offense is clicking, and Kyler Murray is so hard to stop. And so if he stays healthy, which so far he has, he just he looks so small to me out there, but he's so hard to tackle. He knows how to slide. He, he is very similar to Russell Wilson. So last night, you know, the, all the comparisons 
were were very you know reasonable and eye opening and you know similar uh, just style and, and trajectory I think for for Kyler uh, to to be on that path that that Russell has has been on I, I just don't I, I think I think he's one of the top quarterbacks he he really is so I, I'm sorry that I haven't bought into him sooner but he he was worthy of that number one pick and he's playing like it. And and so uh yeah just just an interesting win for them after they struggled like a couple weeks in a row. I know they lost to Detroit one week, but now we're seeing Detroit play a little bit better, so maybe that wasn't as bad of a loss as we thought. But the uh the, the Cardinals are are going to be right there in the mix. And and every week I keep going back to this that the the NFC West is just so good that really all four teams are playoff teams. My guess is three will make it, but there could be a, a really one of those four teams is going to be left out, and that's a good team. The 49ers are playing better. What a huge win for them against New England. That was a, a statement game. The, the fact that they can bring in any running back and they continue to prove it year after year, week after week. It, I, I don't even know who the running back is. I don't know who's, who's healthy or who, you know, I, I don't know. But someone's, someone's awesome. Jeff Wilson yesterday. Couple touchdowns, two or three, and and so they are. They were. I, I went with the rematch with the Super Bowl. That was my Super Bowl pick. 49ers, Chiefs, and they got off to a slow start. Some injuries, some concerns. I, I feel better about that being the case at this point because they're they're getting a couple pieces healthy, and then someone else goes down. But it, it seems like they're they're pulling out wins. And anytime you beat New England, it's still a, a legit win and, and good for Garoppolo to beat his former team. And, and there definitely needs to be some panic in New England. I don't know what happened. The, the coronavirus seemed to have really thrown off their momentum and their their rhythm and, and the way that Cam was playing uh, early in the season is the complete opposite now. And so they got to get to the root of that. Cam is not a guy that you, because as a Panthers fan, when things go south, things go south. He's a front runner. He, he's a great player. He's awesome. We were we were so, you know, I'm thankful to have had him here in Charlotte for as long as we did. It seemed like during losses and during streaks of losses, it would pile on. The negativity, the the pouting, you know, all those kinds of things, it just gets it seems to get worse and worse. <laughs> so, you have to nip it in the bud quick. Otherwise, he's just not your he I don't know how how good he is at at rallying the troops when you're down. Versus when when you're up and and you're winning, oh he'll keep it going, he'll keep it going, and then so you just have to, you have to ride it as long as you can. That's why that undefeated team they lost to Atlanta and then they lost to Denver uh, when he was with the Panthers. But it was just all right, win after win, the momentum blowing teams out, and it was great. But then there have been seasons where the losses piled up, and and the the Patriots are heading that way. They look out of sync. Their defense isn't as good as it needs to be. All the weapons that that we knew. We were wondering about, like, hey, why doesn't Brady have enough weapons? Uh, it's an issue. I mean, who's their tight end? They don't have anybody to throw to a tight end. And they, they, they weren't able to establish the run game yesterday, so that, that really hurt them as well. they got to run the ball well. I mean, that's, that's, that's key for the Patriots. So that was, uh, that was a surprising one, um, just the fact they, they won so convincingly uh, and they lost so bad from a Patriot perspective. And then the, the oh the Steelers Titans game oh that was what a tremendous game I haven't even gotten to that yet so I, I've been on the Steelers bandwagon from the beginning 
uh, probably wasn't as much of, of a Titans bandwagon rider, but uh, but I like them a lot. I really do, and, and nothing changes. It could have gone either way. Another one of those games, we can't overreact when two good teams play each other. The, the team that loses different circumstances, and, and, and it really was two different halves because the Steelers played well in the first half, Titans played well in the second half, and I, I texted some of my buddies, were the Steelers trying to lose at the end? What were they doing? Trying to get a touchdown ended up being an interception, almost cost the Steelers there at the end, and and that was really bad. So Big Ben is playing up to uh, you know an MVP candidate level, but that second half was a little off, and and the turnovers not great. I think the Titans, as long as they have AJ Brown and Derrick Henry healthy. And, and Tannehill Hill is just able to keep doing what he's been doing since the moment he took over as the starting quarterback, they will be right there in the mix for that AFC championship. It, it, those two teams with the Chiefs and the Ravens, I mean, those are your four teams in the AFC. I, I still like the Colts, but that I mean, we kind of know. Those, those are the teams. That, that's, that's what we've got in the, in the AFC. Um, you know, the Browns are trying to keep up. The Texans are done. Uh, I don't see them rallying like maybe we thought they would. They, they have too long, too long of a road to go. And then the Bills, uh, last three weeks, hasn't been pretty for them. They, they, they need to hang on. They should be able to win that division with the Patriots struggling. But they've got to they've get things together. I, I haven't been impressed with, with Buffalo lately. They, they struggled with the Jets yesterday. They finally pulled away. But I guess they held the Jets to four yards in the second half. Whew, that's pretty good. We'll give them that, but it's the Jets. And, and are the Jets the worst team ever? <laughs> I mean, they're right up there. It's bad. Without Jamison Crowder, that's tough. They, they played, I'll give, them, I'll give them a little credit. They played pretty well in the first half. At least it was, both teams were kind of struggling. It was just, it was just a low-scoring, tight matchup. So that, that was the story there. And then the, the Cowboys. I mean, everybody's talking about the Cowboys I like the NFL when the Cowboys are interesting, when they're at least winning some games, they're threatening to make the playoffs, they're threatening to to win in the playoffs. I like when the Cowboys and Lions are relevant, especially this time of year, because Thanksgiving is just better <laughs> when the games are better and they matter. They're more hype and more intrigue. We're going to watch the games anyway. It's Thanksgiving. I can't wait, but... But it's just it's just better. So for them to be this bad, to lose to Washington, and I have to give Ron Rivera credit because I was questioning Rivera. I, I was. After a couple games and the Panthers were playing well without Rivera, I, I wondered, eh, maybe they maybe the Panthers hung on to Rivera a little bit too long. I, I still kind of believe that, but but I have to give Rivera credit making the the Washington football team this competitive. And, and another side note, we, we've got to figure out the nickname situation. It, it's ridiculous. We, we, we could call them Washington, but stop with the Washington football team, especially when I'm watching the red zone or I'm wa- you know, watching highlights and, all right, let's go watch the football team. Uh-uh, timeout. That doesn't work. That you can't use like, oh, it's the, the Cowboys versus the football team. No, uh-uh, it's weird. It doesn't sound right. It, you don't get to be the football team. Washington, pick a name. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's fine. You changed it. That it was for the best. But I, I just, I'm, 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 I've had enough. I've had enough of it. I just had to get that off my chest. But so the Washington football team, 
Um, they they were they they had a nice win. It was I mean the fact that they they found a stud receiver in Terry McLaurin and Andrew um, Antonio Gibson. I have a friend named Andrew Gibson. I went to college with him. Uh, Antonio Gibson, the running back. So those two are legit young pieces. I don't think Kyle Allen is a franchise quarterback, but he's not a bad quarterback. He's he can keep it interesting, but he he's going to have a career as a backup. But I bet he'll have a long career as a backup in the NFL. I don't believe Dwayne Haskins will be the guy in in Washington. I, yeah, I just don't think I don't think he will. So they're going to have to find a quarterback. But the defense is getting better. Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, bringing some de- defensive you know mentality there is huge and. They are a competitive team. So when you think about Washington, you think about Carolina, you think about Miami, these are teams on the rise that are are playing competitive football and they're probably a year or two away, but they're heading in the right direction. I'm not sure I feel that way about the Giants. I'm not definitely not the Jets. The let's see, who else is kind of rebuilding? Uh, the Vikings are not rebuilding and they're terrible. Houston is was not rebuilding. They're terrible. Uh, Jacksonville, I like their young pieces. I really do. But there is a disconnect in Jacksonville. I mean, they were they were tough yesterday, but they just they just don't have enough. I, I I just I just I don't feel I don't feel like I can't put my my finger on it. But they just they don't know how to win games is what it comes down to. But speaking of young quarterbacks, I mean Justin Herbert. Wow, this guy is lighting it up. Him and Joe Burrow. There's another team. Cincinnati, at least with Burrow, you know you have something. And with the young wide receivers that, the, that Cincinnati has, they're going to be in good shape. And then the Chargers, I mean, they're, they're heading in the right direction. I didn't really know what they were heading into this season, though. I still don't really know what the Chargers are. Are they rebuilding? They have a young quarterback, but they still have some you know, veteran guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams has now been there a while. Uh, I mean, a couple decent threats on defense with Bosa, but um, I don't think they can make the playoffs. But they're still, I mean, them and Denver and the Raiders are all similar to me. I'm not sure who's the best of those three. Of course, the Chiefs leading the way uh, in that division. All right, I got two more things to get to. Uh, one is, we as fantasy football guys, and, and that's me. So if you're listening, you're a fantasy football guy. Hopefully you listen to the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. It's always fun uh, later in the week. I'm always focused on the offense. I'm always focused on offensive weapons. I Honestly, I don't even know that many defensive players a- across the league. I know the Bosa's, and, but I, I don't know that third linebacker on Denver. You know, whatever. I will say that when we look at the top teams in the league, it's going to take a, a top defense to, to, to get far into the playoffs and, and to win the Super Bowl. Because the Chiefs, their defense played well enough. Was it an elite defense last year? No, and it's similar this year. But they do have some, some key players. Tyron Matthew has been a, a game changer. Chris Jones is a game changer. Um, our producer is a, a Chiefs fan, so he, he, uh, he can add some, some names later. But when we look at Seattle... They don't have a good enough defense to win a Super Bowl. As good as Wilson is, as good as their offense is, it's it, the defense is a major issue. And so I looked up the stats, and so so far so far this season, total yards per game. Here are your leaders: Steelers, Colts, Bucks, Washington, 49ers. Okay, so Washington just doesn't have the quarterback play to be 
a, a, a Super Bowl contender. I don't. I don't think. Um, and they don't have enough good receivers either. I, I, I like McLaurin, and actually Logan Thomas at tight end is pretty good. Um, but anyway, so their defense is tough. The Colts. I'm telling you, look out for the Colts. They're gonna get hot. They're look out for the Colts. They they are built for the winter months and the playoffs. They've got good lines and a good defense and a veteran quarterback and a nice young running back in Jonathan Taylor. They're going to be tough. But you look at their, they have the second best defense according to yards per game. The worst defense based on yards per game. Seattle, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Texans, Vikings, Cowboys. So, of course, those are the teams that are struggling other than Seattle. But Seattle's offense has been so good because offensive points per game, you have Seattle, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Titans, Chiefs, Steelers, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Browns. So those are your top offenses. And then how about defenses, points per game? Ravens, Dolphins, Rams, Colts, Bears, Niners, Steelers, Bucks, and Chiefs. And so, you know, the, the Chiefs maybe give up some yards, but they don't give up as many points. The Ravens may give up some yards. They don't give up a lot of points. So those teams are going to be there in the end. The 49ers are going to be there in the end. The Steelers are going to be there in the end. And I think the Colts and Bears, they're not quite the Super Bowl contenders, but they're, they're there. They're going to be a tough out. They're, they're playoff caliber teams, and they're, they're right there. Uh, the Dolphins... You know, they're playing really well. I don't know why they got rid of Fitzpatrick. That was tough. That was tough to see them kind of move on from him, thinking, all right, we don't have enough. Unless they think Tua's going to play better than him. I, I have a tough time believing that, but we'll see. We'll, let, let's, let's wait till after the bye to, to judge that decision. Um, so it just goes back to Seattle not having the, the necessary defense, and, and Green Bay is going to have to have that tough defense. The Titans, you know, I, I didn't list them. Up there, so the Titans. We think they have this great defense just because they have a defensive coach. They've got some work to do. To, to I mean, they're undefeated other than the Steelers, but still, as, as the season goes on, that defense is going to have to get even better uh, when it comes to giving up points and yards. So, that, just a little bit of stats and some some numbers to think about. But I, I just think we we don't look enough at the defenses, and that's going to be key in the playoffs, down the stretch, in the tight games. You know, who, who played better defensively last night? Arizona. Arizona forced more turnovers. So they got the win. Who played better, Steelers or Titans? Steelers, I think, uh, slight slight edge defensively. Actually, the, actually the Titans forced some turnovers. I got to give them that. Um, but they gave up some big, you know, some big touchdowns. And Big Ben had his way. I mean, those receivers, Deontay Johnson, I mean, really him getting banged up, that, that affected that offense because they were clicking. They were rolling. Deontay Johnson coming back. I mean, you go Johnson, Claypool, and Juju. Oh, Eric Ebron, Benny Snell. That, that offense is tough. So, uh, so a lot of good teams, and, and we're starting to see more separation and then a couple teams just hanging on. Browns trying to prove themselves. We'll see what the Rams and the Bears do tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, that could be a defensive game because the Rams have a good defense. And, and their offense has been a little up and down, but they've shown what they're capable of because they have the weapons, Woods and Cup, and I like Daryl Henderson a lot. Uh, Goff has been okay. He's a little hit or miss. 
But but this is a nice this is a nice opportunity for Foles to prove himself, throw a few more touchdowns. They've been in those low scoring games, which tonight will probably be that way. But I'd like to see Foles light it up a little bit. So that's what I'm pulling for tonight. Uh, and I want to see them run the ball to Henderson in uh, with with the L.A. Rams. All right, last thought, and this was probably the the most intriguing head scratching moment of the day, and that of course was the Atlanta and Detroit game. So this is this week's Unpack This. I wrote about it today for the devotional. If you haven't subscribed yet to the weekday email devotional, you can do so on unpackingit.com. We send out an email in written form, um, and then we talk about it here on the Monday show. But uh, yesterday, Todd Gurley, there the, there the Falcons are, just over a minute left. They were trying to be strategic where you want to keep moving the ball and, and get closer to the end zone, but you don't want to fumble and you don't want to score too quickly where you're going to give the ball back to Detroit. But what ends up happening? Todd Gurley breaks through the offense. He can't help himself, but he gets so close to the line right there at the goal line, and he falls into the end zone. That was not his goal. It was not an intention. his intention He's done this before where he has gone down to the dismay of fantasy owners everywhere. He's done that in the past, but this time fantasy owners celebrate, but the Falcons are thinking we've just given Detroit uh, an opportunity when we didn't have to. All we had to do was hold onto the ball, kick a field goal, and win the game by one. And instead, they lost the game by one. And, and so it was just a wild scenario and, and two things. There's no guarantee that you're going to hit the field goal. So it's hard to tell a team not to score a touchdown, but you almost just have to be so strategic with that timeout. And so you get closer, you try to kneel uh, or try to, you know, yeah, essentially kneel right there at the, the, the one yard line. But if you're girly, you don't have to get that close. He was just too close to the line and so there goes Matthew Stafford the other way and good for him with the clutch uh play uh, they're they're a team on the rise I didn't mention them earlier but we we give Matt Patricia a hard time I know I do and this team is now I guess three and three and they have a, a proven tight end in TJ Hawkinson a, an elite receiver in Kenny Galladay a an up-and-coming running back who just feed the man Feed DeAndre Swift, please. I don't know why they keep messing around with Adrian Peterson, but he's like Tom Brady and uh, Fitzgerald. They just keep hanging on. We kind of overlook those those guys as well. Good for uh, for Swift to, to get into the end zone again. So Detroit, good for them. They won the game. But when we look at what happened with Gurley and and how he you know said after the game, he he wasn't trying to score, but he said my momentum took me in, and and so this huge mistake. I think is a a lesson for him and and for all of us that we have to be careful not to get too close to the goal line or the the, the line, so to speak, because there's a good chance we'll cross it. So here's, here's how this parallels to our own lives. When it comes to sin and God's boundaries, you know, he's drawn lines around things where, you know, he says, hey, enjoy sex within marriage. But, but here are the, the, the boundaries. It's, it's for man and uh, husband and wife. And, and so when we go outside of that, we cross the line. 
and, and we give into sin, we give into temptation, we give into sin, we give into temptation. And, and so what ends up happening, though, is in life, we try to get as close to the line as we can without crossing it. And we've all, we've all experienced this, where we you know, try to just get away with as much as we can. We keep inching closer. We, we flirt with the line, with the boundary. And, and then before we know it, our momentum takes us in. We kind of slip and we, we, we bumble around and then we fall into uh, temptation and fall into sin. And, and so you know, we could say that we're trying not to sin and we intended to stop just short of the, the white line, just short of the goal line, but we get caught up in the moment and we break the plane instead. And so how many times have we ended up realizing that we shouldn't have messed around near the goal line at all because it was too dangerous to get that close? The reality is that temptations are all around us. While our enemy and, and sinful nature try to convince us to keep just get a little closer to the line, just keep getting closer to the line. But the key is, as followers of Jesus, if, if you today listening to the show desire to follow Jesus and consider yourself a follower of Jesus, we need to be aware of, of what's going on, that, that there are temptations and, and sin, sin and opportunities all around us that we have to be willing to avoid it, to run from it, to flee, to stay away from the line. We, we can't keep trying to get close to the line. we got to go the opposite direction. It's just not worth the risk of slipping past the line, even if, it, even if that's not our intention. Our intention is, oh, yeah, I just want to get close to the line but not give in. But once we start flirting with it, it's dangerous. It really is. And so some, some great scripture to look at today, and, and hopefully you got the devotional to, uh, to read through it. But, but I'll, I'll read this. It says, run, keep far, far away from any sort of idolatry, which is, uh, in the Amplified Version, it explains loving anything more than God or participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the soul. And then in 2 Timothy, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And then in Thessalonians, stay away from every kind of evil. So when walking with Jesus, we don't have to do this in our own strength because we can trust His Spirit within us and His presence in our lives to lead us and help us to avoid, to run away from, from sin and temptation and to go the other way. And so Paul writes uh, in Galatians, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. So that's in the amplified version. And then in Romans, it says, clothe yourselves with yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So God ultimately gives us boundaries for our good and our protection. So our mindset shouldn't be to see how close we can get to the line, but rather how close we can remain. So I hope you're willing to unpack that today, and let's learn from Todd Gurley. Let's not even get close to that line. Let's avoid that, that getting too close. So uh, what a tough loss for Atlanta. They're a mess. They got one win, but man, it's, it's hard. It's hard. hard to be a Falcons fan right now, that's for sure. But uh, an important win for Detroit, no question about it. All right, well, thanks so much for listening to today's Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. 
I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your week. We've got a couple more podcasts coming up this week, so I hope you enjoy those as well. Please rate, subscribe, comment, email. Appreciate all the love. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Oh, <laughs>